What do you get when you mix Bad Santa, an allergen to mushrooms, and C3P Arrow? You get a good reason to watch movies after work. Hey there, guys. It's Thomas. And I'm Alex. He's back! <laughs> <laughs> Had to make a big deal about it. And this guy's, of course, this, this is Movies After Work. Uh, thank you for coming back. If you are a returning listener, if you are a new listener, this is a show about two very tired, full-time dads, full-time workers, shooting the shit about movies, trailers, movie news, and anything else they can think of with the occasional talk of potty training and things like that. Um, yeah, and uh, this week, disclaimer, this week... No sad, mopey, halfway to tears, Thomas ramblings. Promise. Promise that this episode you guys get a break from it. Um, but, yeah, we're, um, the team is back together, and, and I'm officially, I'm living up to the, the title of the show again, because, because, yeah, I have a, I have a job again. I'm manager at a movie theater yet again. So... Congratulations. Thank you. It's fantastic. It's fantastic to be back in that world. It is glorious, glorious, glorious to be uh, getting getting burned by popcorn kernels yet again. <laughs> well, that's that's where you belong. It's it's uh this is your what, fifth movie theater? Yes, this is my fifth one. So you're well versed in, in being a movie theater manager. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> congratulations on the new new job. And thank you. Um, I'm I'm proud of you, man. It's a, it's a good fit for you. They're they're all amazed at at all the movie theaters I've worked at, all the places I've lived. And they're always like, I'm just so impressed, you know, that you've lived in L.A. And I'm always like, Well, yeah, but where am I now? Like. <laughs> It's only so impressive. <laughs> you know, like... It's a, but, yeah, whatever it is. But, you know, Alex, is is great to have you back. It is great to be talking to someone... <laughs> talking to someone else. <laughs> that it, that it's, it's great to be back, man. I missed it. Is yeah, we've we've missed you. I'm, I'm going to speak for, for the audience and assume that they have missed you just as much as I have. I, um, I wouldn't have said that. Well, I'm going to, and I'm going to guess that I'm right. But, uh, yeah, guys, if you couldn't tell already from the uh, episode title, from when you clicked on this episode, we are doing The Lord of the Rings. We are doing the 1978 animated Lord of the Rings. But before we dive into it, we got some trailers to talk about. So, first, first one I want to talk about is Gunpowder Milkshake. This is the one of the next big summer Netflix movies, Karen Gillian, Paul Giamatti, uh, Carla Gugino, Lena Headley, Angela Bassett, Michelle Yeoh. Um, it just looks fantastic. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. This, this looks like one of the best, most interesting Netflix movie of the week yes. that they've come out with uh, so far. Yes. Um, not, not- it looks like a lot of incredible ladies kicking ass so i'm very excited for it yeah not that it's hard if i mean if we're being honest not that it's hard to look like an interesting netflix original movie coming out (laughs) um 
literally they they had the trailer. We're not going to talk about the trailer because I half watched it, but uh, they had the trailer for one of the movies coming out this summer, and it's literally just them doing a take two on the if you take a pill, you become a superhero movie with Joseph. It's literally just another film like that. Yeah. So it's like, we're, we're not dealing with a a vast array of, of entertaining, but we're getting to see some, you know, we're getting to see some of more of Karen Gillian's comedy chops. We're getting to see some from Lena Headley, which we don't get to see that often, which means she's probably going to be fantastic at the comedy stuff. Um, yeah, we're getting to see Paul Giamatti play the, uh, play the, uh, seems like a spiritual sibling to his villain from the Clive Owen movie Shoot 'em Up, which, um, I'm so there for because when he plays those outrageous villains, it's always a treat. It's always a blast. It's always funny. Yeah. As a, as a 90s kid, the most outrageous villain is, you know, Big Fat Liar. <laughs> so, he's... He's great. I, I love to see him in that uh, that sort of role again. He was he was going randomly blue before Arrested Development, bitches. <laughs> the sad thing is that years earlier. Yeah, the sad thing is that I know that that take is one of the most controversial I've said to some people who listen to this show. <laughs> For me to be like sounding like I'm shitting on Arrested Development or claiming that they copied it. And I know there are some people I know, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. It's, it's just basic time. It happened first. Uh, but yeah, no, it looks great. I'm very excited. Um, should be a lot of fun. Uh, and, And then after that for HBO, we got No Sudden Move. Uh, Steven Soderbergh film with Don Cheadle, Brendan Fraser, John Hamm, uh, Benicio Del Toro, a bunch of other names attached to it. I just can't remember every single one of them. But it looks so good. Looks fantastic. Looks like uh, looks like Steven Soderbergh doing Guy Ritchie, which is fascinating as an idea. going to be a lot of fun i think it's going to be like a as soon as it's going to be a the day it comes out put the kid to bed at the end of the day and watch it sort of thing so yep i'm looking forward to that and then finally uh we had one that came out today that we just have to talk about uh and that was <laughs> the new nicholas cage film pig which why does this look so good I would read the synopsis of man goes on rampage to track down his stolen truffle pig. I would read that and go, wow, how many bills is Nick Cage not paying that he's doing this? And then I watched the trailer and I was like, okay, this is actually one of the most legit looking films he's been in in years. Well, I mean, he's been doing interesting picks with, he, you know, uh, 
Mm-hmm. But he had the, the trilogy recently of Mandy, um, something about colors. Yeah, the colors uh, out of space. Yeah. And then um, this most recent one, Willie's Wonderland or something like that. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, he's been making some interesting picks, and this looks super interesting. Um, you know, it's sort of. We can't compare every revenge film to John Wick, but it looks like it might have the John Wick vibes of, you know, instead of trying to get revenge for his dog, he's getting revenge for his pig. But I think it looks really interesting and unique, and I'm really excited for it. Well, that's the thing. Like, honestly, I'm watching this trailer, and I'm thinking, how is this not a 90s movie starring Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah. Like, that's what this... (laughs) This feels like a Tommy Lee Jones, like grizzly old man who this is all he has left but like we've we've shown just enough in the trailer to show like oh there's more to this than what meets the eye there's more to his character than what meets the eye um and it's that like i i very much i in the same vein as miles teller both of the wolf brothers nat and alex i don't care for them if i see them in a movie i get turned off by it like I, it, they they make me lose interest in the movie. This time though, I was like, you know what, I might be able to stomach through whichever one it is. To, <laughs> they're interchangeable. They're it's two brothers who give the same performances. Um, yep. It's it's like if Ryan Gosling had had a brother who also just blankly stared. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, no, this looks good. It looks fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, um, and then, guys, as someone who works in a movie theater, I can confirm, we have not gotten the Spider-Man trailer yet. It is not in the theater. We do not have it. Ergo, even though there are rumors that it has been rated finally and ready for release, it is not out there. It is not coming out in the near, near future. So stop bugging people for this fucking trailer. You, you, you cynic. I just, it's, I'm not, I'm not a cynic. I'm just done with the rumor drama bullshit. Just. (laughs) Give us a trailer, let me know whether I'm getting a movie that's a continuation of the plotline from Far From Home, or if I'm getting a movie that's a multiverse movie, because it's not going to realistically be both, so it's going to be one or the other. If if you're giving me a movie with a bunch of Spider-Men, then it's literally just, okay, hey, let's have one Spider-Man stand beside Peter Parker. And, conv- and that'll convince everyone that Peter Parker's not Spider-Man and we're done. And we've yeah. solved the entire plot thread that we have that we ended the last movie with that was an exciting one. Yeah. So, but I don't know. It's what, I just, I just want to know. I just want everyone to know so we can shut up. That's it. That's, that's where <laughs> I live. That is my, that is, that is my life that I'm living right now. Um, Whenever you're able to screen movies again, I will be coming up to your to your house Wednesday night knocking on the door saying break us into the movie theater 
we're watching we're watching Spider Man Far from Home or No Way Home at three at two AM when no one can see. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that I'm going to do that. <laughs> smart, smart. Just just in case. I'm going to neither confirm nor deny any any possibility of that happening. Um yeah, with that being said, let's let's dive into Lord of the Rings. And I mean th- th- right out the ba- right out the gate, we just kind of have to get this out out there. So Alex, compared to the Peter Jackson trilogy, better, worse, the same. Uh it's definitely not better. <laughs> um it's <laughs> it's worse, but it's I mean, worse is it's objectively worse, but it's interesting. It's not. I did not hate this film as much as I thought I was going to. I didn't hate this film at all. Um, yeah. It gets a little strange and it gets a little uh, sort of monotonous at the end because th- this film is very visually interesting at the beginning. Um, it looks like if I wanted to take hallucinogenic mushrooms and make sure I was going to have a bad trip. So they're definitely going for a style. Um, And whether or not it's good, it it at least held my interest. Um, But once they get to the orcs, the rotoscoping that they're, you know, doing over these live action actors um, becomes very apparent. Um, It looks like there's, there's so many on screen that they're kind of just duplicating some of them. Mm-hmm. So some of them are standing very stagnant. Um, some of them are moving around. Some of them are on horseback. So like, it's hard to kind of make them all out and have it be interesting, especially with uh, you know like the the editing at the Battle of Helm's Deep. It's hard to distinguish how many people are there when the good guys are winning and losing. Yeah. Um, when the, you know when they have the upper hand, when the orcs have the upper hand, um, so it's, it, it definitely was interesting until the end when it kind of it uh, it overstayed its welcome, in my opinion. Um, but it was it was interesting. Yeah, I would say for myself, I I I agree. I consider it worse. Not that I want to use that term because it's not a bad movie. It's not like it's not like on a scale of one to ten, I would give Lord of the Rings an eleven, and I would give this film a two or something drastic like that. Um, yeah, the things there are things that um, the the Peter Jackson films, by merit of having more time and freedom and space. To, to do it do better um, yeah. and the things that this movie there are certain things that this movie does that aren't the same as the Peter Jackson film that are not worse because they're different they're not better because they're different they are a they're a different way to go with things that is totally fine and kind of works yeah. um I mean, some some of the times when I mean, and this is I mean, this is any fantasy film, including the Peter Jackson Middle Earth films. 
when something doesn't work, it really doesn't work. Yeah. But my uh, <laughs> my experience with this film was strange because watching, having watched the Peter Jackson film so many times, and especially like the director's cut so many times, where they do have such so much time to spend with these characters and yeah. really develop scenes and develop, you know, where in the story they are and the, you know, the environment around them. Uh, this film almost feels like an abridged version of the Peter Jackson films because we're seeing a lot of scenes that we remember, but very quickly. It's yes. Bilbo's party and then the ring being left to Frodo and then they're going to Prancing Pony, and then they're being chased by the ring rates. Like, it is a bullet point version of the Peter Jackson films because he poured so much time and love into them where we get to spend with these characters. Yeah, uh, yeah, because, I mean, yeah, the, the, the birthday party is a perfect example. In the extended edition, that scene is probably, like, 15 minutes long at least. Yeah, at least. (laughs) It establishes the majority, establishes pretty much all of our heroes, even if we've met our characters, met like Frodo or Sam, right? It solidifies them. It introduces us to Merry and Pippin and solidifies who they are as characters. You know, there's lots visually going on because we're not hiding Gandalf or keeping him away from the from the party. Um, yeah, which obviously is something that, that they don't have to worry about in the animated. Yeah, and that scene is so that that you're describing is so great because so much is told about the characters just from visual storytelling and what the characters are doing, who's mm-hmm. sneaking around, who's running around, who's seated who's dancing who's laughing who's more serious we get introduced to everyone meanwhile mary and pippin are just palette swaps in this i mean they are the same character probably the same character as frodo but just with different colored shirts yes and sometimes clearly we forgot which one we were animating because uh, there are times <laughs> where mary becomes frodo in times where all three yeah. of them are the same character like there's a lot of that, but yeah, going back like going back to the party, yeah, the extended editions we've got this it, it, super long sequence where we're really delving deep into these characters. You know, in the theatrical, the party scene is not as long by probably about five five minutes, give or take. Um, but we're still getting really really important information that we need, and in this film. And in this animated film, it's he gives the speech, like a shortened version of the speech that fortunately can, keeps the proud foot, proud feet bit because I love that bit. Um, yeah. It basically it it it's a truncated version of his speech, him putting the ring on, and then the party stuff is done. It's literally just those two bits: the speech, yes. which is edited down, and him disappearing in front of the party guests. That's it. So we're dealing, you know, nothing, nothing is given the same length of time as it is in the Peter Jackson films for obvious reasons. Uh, Sometimes for, sometimes arguably you could say for the better. Uh, 
sometimes, most of the time, for the worse. Uh, You know, it was, honestly, it was kind as much as I love the Peter Jackson films, I love the world building, I love the characters, all that kind of stuff, there was something kind of nice about just kind of less free roam architecture porn in the minds of Moria. (laughs) Um, yeah. there was something that was kind of nice about going, no, we're just going straight to, to Balin's tomb. You know, we're just going straight to that, straight into that battle and then straight into dealing with the battle rock, which in this movie just looks like a guy who went to burning man. Um, <laughs> that, that one was comical. Yes. When, <laughs> when he comes out from behind the crowd, I was like, they're not, this isn't. No, like, it, it, I mean, it almost looked like the monster from Dave Made a Maze. I mean, it's, yeah, the centaur, yeah, it looked really like close. the Dave Made a Maze centaur. Um, yeah, and that's that is where the whole rotoscoping thing clearly becomes an issue because you know, I the farthest I've gotten in the Fellowship of the Ring, admittedly. And I need to pick up my copy and start reading it again um, at some point here in the near future is Tom Bombadil. I've made it to Tom Bombadil. I haven't stopped because of Tom Bombadil. I, that's just as far as I got in the book before I had to stop because um, I was reading it while I was doing my 72. And I just have, I haven't got back to but so I know that there's crazy stuff, crazy stuff that gets edited. So it's jarring to see certain things be different because I don't always know for a fact like, oh, this is different because they're being more faithful to the book or, oh, this is different because reasons. Um, the, the big example of that being for me being um, being the fact that um we have um, Legolas meet up with Aragorn and the hobbits after uh, after Frodo gets stabbed by the mogul blade. He meets up with them, and then it's and then we do this whole weird where I don't know if I missed Frodo putting the ring on or something, but all of a sudden he's on like a weird ethereal plane having a conversation with the black riders and then he gets into the river and the river does the whole water horses sweep them away. Um, yeah. And then Gandalf later is like, Oh, that's a defense that I helped them put up. Yeah. It's like, I'm sitting there listening to all this going, is this book accurate? I mean, if it is, that's fine. I just, I was like, I don't know if this is book accurate or if we were just like no female characters, damn it. Cause Galadriel's it. In this version, Galadriel is the only woman in the entire thing outside of maybe some rotoscoped background extra. But Galadriel is our entire female cast for this. Which is kinda crazy kind of, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate because it, it shows the flaw that exists in Tolkien's, um, Lord of the Rings series in just how little 
there is in terms of female characters, especially solid, well done female characters. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I, we, we don't do intros for characters at all in this movie, which I never got used to. They, it'd just be like, oh, here's Mary and Pippin. They're they're coming along for the ride now. And, uh, oh, here's Treebeard. Yeah, they're just walking with Treebeard. Do we not introduce you? Well, this is totally normal, guys. Trust us. Just keep going. Um, I mean, that's that's really when it feels like it's for the sake of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they were only given so much to work with. Uh, I told Tom whenever I was watching the film, I looked on Wikipedia and realized that this is basically an unfinished story. Um, you know, he yeah. never got to make his, his sequel and <laughs> I'm realizing this when I have 20 minutes left in the film and I'm like, all right, we just started the battle of Helm's Deep. So, yeah, you know, where are we headed from here? Um, but I don't know, uh, I don't know if that was a good thing or bad thing that I warned myself that this doesn't, uh, doesn't feel like, you know, finished, but I- I, I still attest um, that it was a good thing. Um, <laughs> given given my my poor wife, when I took her to The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey, she knew it was a trilogy, but in watching the movie, she got so into it that she forgot. Yeah. So Smaug's, eyes o- Smaug's eye opens, the credits start, and she's just sitting there in the theater, and she goes, what the fuck? <laughs> And then, like, as she was saying, she had remembered, so I just, I looked at her, I was like, honey, don't forget, I I know it's a trilogy, but still. <laughs> that was a long wait. When you were invested in that, that was, a, that was a very long time to wait. Yeah. Especially when we knew Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be smog, and everyone was so excited for that. <laughs> I will wait for that, man. No shame. <laughs> no shame. I'll wait for that, man. They knew they could do it. How many years did they make people wait in between each season of Sherlock? Oh, yeah. Like, people, they know people will wait for him. Yeah. They know it. Um, yeah, I just... So, to, to touch really quick just on a, a scene that I think was... A, a section that I think was made... Intri- was made differently, but in a good way was the whole of Rivendell. Um, the alternate handling of Bilbo and Rivendell, I, I liked. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would say I prefer one over the other, because that's also saying whether or not I, I feels like I'm almost debating whether or not Ian Holm gives a good performance, which he gives the best performance of the entire Middle Earth saga Ian Holm in Fellowship of the Ring is the best performance in all six movies. Yeah. Without question to me. There's no questioning it. There's no debating it. He gives the best performance. There's so much little stuff in his performance that it's just... It, it can't be ignored. Um, and then him being at the, the Council of Elrond I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. I th- Like, I don't know... 
like it was interesting enough where I don't know if I agree with it because I feel like it's too dangerous to have him sitting there with the ring within his grasp. Yeah. Um, but the idea that he be at that and the idea that he even is like, Oh yeah, I guess I started this. I better finish it. Yeah. The fact that he does that I thought was, was interesting. Um, though I will, I will say if their logic is, yeah, let's get nine members of this fellowship. Cause there are nine ring wraiths. Um, with all due respect to them, don't count the hobbits. <laughs> don't count the hobbits. You have five to nine. Maybe, maybe count two hobbits as one and say you've got seven to nine, but you don't have nine to nine if you're counting the hobbits as each as an individual. You just don't. You just like again. No offense to them, but it's just it's. There's nobody denying that. There's nobody going. No, no, Pippin could totally kick a ring race ass all by himself with just a sword. Like, yes, later on, further down the line, yeah, he does get to the point where he can hold his own, but does he win? No. He gets the jump on him, but... Anyway, not not going into to roads unspoken in this universe, because who knows how they would have presented it since, you know... We only had one female character. Um, I also, I gotta say, there was there was a moment in this that I want to see if you noticed it too, because it made me pause the movie to just soak in the fact that I just watched it. And it's outside of the Mines of Moria. We've got Gandalf being berated by Boromir and Aragorn. They're both berating him equally, getting on his case, riding him. And then he finally figures it out, gets the door open, and they like do a little like high five-ish sort of thing. Like they're celebrating the fact that they berated an old man into remember. Like, I didn't catch this. It'd be it'd be like if, you know, I had a family member and we we went over to my grandfather's house to try to get him to, you know, lend us something and we just kept being mean to him until he gave it to us and then we celebrated afterwards. You know, it just <laughs> It just seemed weird. It seemed very, very no, weird. There's plenty of, doing. I was gonna say there's plenty about this movie that's weird. Um particularly Bilbo's uh, eyes. <laughs> as well as Sam's. Eyes in general in this, I think, were just really weird. Um, yeah. But yes, theirs were especially so. Um, yeah, I'm just going, I'm just kind of relooking through my notes. I, I'll not forgive myself if I don't mention it just because I already technically did, but having the guy who voices C-3PO, Anthony Daniels, as Legolas was was just weird. You know, the, <laughs> if the character had been more of use, maybe, maybe would have really gotten to him, but... Um, and then, holy crap, did Saruman look like he was dressed, like he just got off a shift as a mall Santa. <laughs> <laughs> The great and powerful Saruman the Right, white, 
Don't bother me, I'm in my bathrobe. <laughs> it's that, time to watch that, my that stories and go to bed. <laughs> and then they have a battle of lens flares that must have given J.J. Abrams a gigantic boner to know that it existed. <laughs> But that's the thing. Like the the rotoscoping is so all over the map that the film yeah. is constantly jarring. You've got times where it's you've got times where it looks more like they just shit like colored with the side of the pencil over yeah. film footage. You've got times where they clearly legitimately drew an entire animated character around somebody's physical movement as a template so that way they could animate to that. You get times where characters seem like they're legitimately just cell animation drawings and nothing more. Yeah. And just to have the variety bouncing all over the place was just crazy. Very, very very jarring, very just hard hard to get used to. Jarring, but that's honestly for me what made it visually interesting initially. Um, like I said, it sort of overstayed its welcome. But to have these characters, like the Ringwraiths, are almost entirely live action, or at least they look so. Yeah. Um, because essentially, this they just draw black over them um, with like red eyes or whatever. But yeah, I mean, the Hobbits. It seems like they don't have life-size models, so they're drawing, you know, completely original characters, and there's, like, a couple scenes in particular where they're, like, running through a bar, and it looks like like children, or, like, just very small people. I don't know. It's, it was very strange. Yeah. Yeah, it's... There's a lot of very very jarring moments and yes the uh, when they're in the prancing pony and the way the animation is done and for all the background characters is very strange all the all the orcs at the end um there's a point where it seems like we just gave up trying to even pseudo animate horses and so we just were like, yeah, just get like this weird, just get like a weird, like day glowy color and draw some, a couple of lines on the top of it and call it a day, I guess. I don't know. Um, I must say, because it always, this, this kind of thing always seems to come up. So I think it's important to bring it up. Um, the winner for best facial hair easily goes to Grummer Worm Tongue's mustache. The hell was that thing? Yeah. But I loved it. <laughs> like, it is not the kind of facial hair you should ever elect to have. You should never elect to have a mustache mustache like that. Because you're not even... you At that point, you are a porn character, a 70s porn character, as created by John Waters. That was his mustache. And it just... 
I don't know. But I loved it. So, yeah, because for some reason facial hair always seems to come up on this show, I, I gotta I gotta throw one out there for him on that one. I mean, I mean, the best hair in the entire film was Gollum's. <laughs> and he was, he was creepy. I mean, there were, there were parts where he was very creepy. Gollum. Um, yeah. And then he becomes very, uh, very affectionate towards Frodo's toes. And I did not like that. <laughs> Go- Gollum in this is both more and less scary than Andy Serkis. Yeah, Andy Serkis. Yeah. He's somehow both. He's, yeah. Because he, he seems kinder and more innocent when he is Schmeagol. And then when he is Gollum, he seems more menacing. Yeah. No, I, I flat out have a note that's just, does Schmeagol want to fuck Frodo? Um, yeah, and also I want to know if this was just me or not. As always, there's got, there's got to be also things that I have to confirm whether or not it's just me being crazy. Is it just me or were the evil orcs at the Battle of Helm's Deep all in Tusken Raider cosplay from Star Wars? Yeah. Okay. Yes. They all look like Tusken Raiders to me, and I could not get they, past that. They look like something, dude. Whenever they had their masks on and they were in the field together, I was like, they're appropriating someone's culture. I don't know who, but it's not appropriate. It's, it, was, it was strange towards the end. Oh, you're so right. Oh, you're so right. Um... <laughs> So yeah, and then we leave, we, we leave, um, we leave the, the Frodo Sam Gollum storyline. We just leave it in like a weird, awkward place. Like it's like halfway between the, the like weird semi closure of fellowship and the ominous towards danger of two towers from the Jackson. It, it's somewhere in between those, so it's more just like we just ran out of time and didn't yeah. didn't do like the last scene for them or something. Um, <laughs> and then one like one of the last things in this movie is the most insane slow motion blood splatter I have ever seen. <laughs> Yes. Let alone ever seen in a kid's movie. Yeah. Because I would still technically call this a kid's movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I, if, I think... I, I mean, it is... I feel like for as jarring as it was for us, for a younger child to see just... Let alone just the animation styles clashing like that. Like, that could be upsetting or um, off-putting to a kid. But, I mean, I think if my kid was old enough to kind of anticipate that and be cool with it, mm-hmm. like, I would, I would still show this to a kid, you know, oh, yeah. maybe six or seven. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, my kid's, yeah. my kid's three and a half, and 
I've I've on multiple occasions put Lord of the Rings movies on on the TV downstairs while she's playing, so she'll look over and see orcs, goblins, urukai, uh, the Balrog. She she was kind of scared of the the cave troll in the mine of Moria, and then as soon as as soon as we revealed to her that he was animated like Bay Baymax and Nemo and. And Raya, because that's her big movie right now, is Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, Once we revealed to her that he was animated like all of them, it was like she could tell. And she was cool. She was chill. She was like, okay, cool. Alright, I get it now. Um, But you you can tell at the end of the movie, we're not getting another movie. Because, according to the narrator... Evil is vanquished forever with the Battle of Helm's Deep. <laughs> that basically, You're basically, okay, everyone's gone, everyone's dead. So Frodo's got a clear shot to Mount Doom to throw the ring in. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. It's that classic uh, filmmaking rule, you know: tell, don't show. Yeah. Just, just let your audience assume they got to Mount Doom just fine. They threw it in with no trouble. Schmeagle was so nice, he went to live with them afterwards. Yes, Schmeagle went to live with them until finally Frodo had to put a restraining order on him for obvious reasons. <laughs> and poor... Did you ever watch Portlandia? No, I still have to watch them. But also, poor Gimli. What he wasn't even like he wasn't even ranking as the the Ringo of the Fellowship. Like, poor Gimli <laughs> was just there. Yeah. Like you're here. That's nice. Come on. <laughs> like, we're not doing much else with that than that with you. So too bad. I mean, it pretty he he tagged along just so that he could have something to say in the minds of Moria. Yes. That's, that's it. Yes. Yeah. It was just like, hey, I had a cousin who walked here, yeah. through here once. And that was it. That was it. Yeah. yeah. I have a friend of a friend who's been to this place, so clearly it's a good idea. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I don't know. It was, it was fascinating. I'm glad I watched it. I don't know if I'd ever be compelled to watch it again. But uh, I'm glad that I have seen it. Um, if my kid turns out to really be into Lord of the Rings stuff, uh, beyond just my general thrill at that fact, um, <laughs> I will, you know, I'll probably show this to her. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say I'm on the same boat there. Um I don't really have another reason to watch this unless I was in an altered headspace and again just wanted to see something creepy. <laughs> um, I don't know that I would revisit it, but uh, yeah, I mean, certainly if my kid was super into Tolkien and wanted to devour everything from it and wouldn't mind watching a weirdly animated movie from the 70s, then sure, we'll yeah. give it a shot. I'd be like, yeah, we're going to watch this animated one. Then we're going to go on YouTube and watch the uh, the weird TV one from Russia. 
Because that's the thing. There is a weird live-action Russian version of Lord of the Rings from I don't even know when. Before I Peter Jackson. I'm watching tonight. Yeah, I'll send you the I'll send you the link. <laughs> Plot twist: This whole month is just going to be us watching weird Lord of the Ring movies. <laughs> Not getting anything. Hey, we can else. watch The Hobbit. We can watch The Hobbit, and we can watch the Rankin and Bass Return of the King. Yep. And then we could watch the Russian <laughs> Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and we're all set. Just never discuss Peter Jackson's trilogy. Just never touch it. We ne- we never end up we never end up covering those movies at all. Besides constantly going, yeah, those exist. Yeah, we we like those. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Anyway, moving on. When when uh, yeah, when Aragorn really said Glechorf, you know, I really bonded with that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like if you watch the Russian version, it's really just sitting there going, "Okay, how many of these characters made this movie because they want to, and how many of these characters are really looking forward to the fall of the Berlin Wall?" <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But speaking of major, major events in time, Alex, are you caught up on Loki? I am. <laughs> Are you? I am. I actually could oh, not nice. sleep the other night, so I watched episode two at exactly three o'clock when it dropped. <laughs> I can't say I'm proud that I did that, and I can't say that I necessarily <laughs> wanted to be up for that reason, but since I was awake well, and couldn't fall asleep, I just went ahead. God works in mysterious ways. Apparently. Um... <laughs> So yeah, we've got the first two episodes of Loki have come out. We've gotten to enjoy them. We're officially a third of the way through this already. Um, yeah. And Alex, what are you? Any thoughts? Any theories? Any complaints? Oh my goodness! Um, very, very few complaints. It's Mephisto. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I have any complaints really. Um. I am really, really into this. Uh, I really love the questions that it's raising, and I think so far they've answered all the questions that I want them to answer to up until this point. Yeah. Um, I was very happy with the reveal for episode two, um, where we see Lady Loki. Uh, I didn't think that was something that we needed to... Uh, continue to hide away this character's identity. Um, I thought, you know, the the question of where where is she sending these bombs? Why is she sending them? Mm-hmm. Um, how is it influencing time? Why are there, you know, why is it creating all these branches? That's far more interesting than, you know, who's this person under the hood? Mm-hmm. Uh, because they've already told us it's Loki and we have no reason to believe that it wasn't Loki. Um, unless he wants him to buy into the Mephisto, um, you know, portrait. Well, there's... A, you got there, your head turned. What, what's, what's up? There's another way to go with that, but I will I will let you finish before I point out the alternative. <laughs> um, no, I just... I really enjoyed the banter between... 
Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. It's just pitch perfect. Uh, episode one was so so fun. The back and forth between the two oh, yeah. because it seemed like Owen Wilson, Owen Wilson's character uh, Morbius or, or Mobius knew exactly when to turn the screws and when to let Loki in and when to push him away. Yeah. Um, you know, when he, uh, I forget the exact line, but, it, you know, he's like, oh, you're, you're a real mischievous or you're a real trickster. And he's like, I, I, or no, sorry. He's like, makes you sound smart. And he's like, I am smart. And he's like, I know. Like it's, it's 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 so perfectly. Oh yeah. You, you don't know if he's giving him shit, or you don't know if he's being sincere. It yep. feels like he's sincere, but he could be giving him shit. Um. So their their banter was really really fun, especially in that first episode. Um, and we get uh, we get some gems in the second episode too. Uh, you know when he's like. Shut up! What happened to the guy who, you know, in the elevator? I met the elevator who didn't like to talk. So <laughs> that was uh, the effect is a lot of fun. <laughs> it's yeah. The j- really all the banter with everyone is great. When when Loki is standing trial in the pilot episode is even that banter is fantastic. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm loving this. I think it's the strongest first episode of all three of the series that we've gotten so far. Um, I think there's lots of really fun questions. Um, I don't... I'm not necessarily catering to the theory. Um, I'm intrigued by it. And if it's this way, great. If it's not, that's okay. But there are people that believe that that's not Lady Loki, that that is Enchantress. Okay. Um, With one of the main reasons for the theory being that Tom Hiddleston years ago pitched a Loki movie where the villain was Enchantress. So people are thinking that maybe that's what spearheaded into creating this, so they brought that villain that he wanted. So it's one of those things, if it is, that's cool. That's awesome. It's more new characters into the world. If it's not, eh, lady Loki's not a terrible option. You know, the options are not bad. No, except for when we uh, find out that she's not lady Loki. She's not enchantress. She's Janet Boner. We've, we've missed an opportunity and I, w- I, I feel sad for them, but how great would it be if a member of the Boner family was in every single Disney Plus series? Oh, yeah. Like, even if, <laughs> even if it's literally like Hawkeye's waiting in line for a coffee and we hear, um, Mr. Boner, Mr. Boner, and someone go up and get the coffee and walk out, even if it's that small. I think if we had a boner family member in every single series, it would be awesome. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. Um, the the other thing I was going to point to with um, why I think this series 
is making a lot of the right moves is because every time I thought they were going to hide something away from us, they have given us what I thought they wouldn't yet. Mm-hmm. When he, when in episode one, when he's watching his entire life and you see him start to go forward, mm-hmm. I was like, well, certainly Owen Wilson or someone is going to break in before he sees his death. And they're going to be like, no, you can't, you can't see that yet or, or whatever. And it's going to be this big lead up to him realizing that he meets his demise in the sacred timeline. And he has to go back with this knowledge or whatever, mm-hmm. but they put it on front street. Like they, they, show you episode one this is how you know this is how you die and this is your purpose in life this is how it's meant to be this is the sacred timeline and i was waiting for them not to do that and the fact that they did it was i think a great move like every time when he's allowed the record of you know basically you know his his existence and his, his world. And he, he gets to realize that, um, Oh my gosh. Uh, Asgard is destroyed. Like I didn't think he was going to get all of the information that he's getting. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think we would get to see that reveal, you know, through him, get to see his, his reveal. I, I absolutely loved the fact that, we basically were like, okay, Loki, you've been thinking of yourself. Bam. Hey, guess what? You get your, the only person in the world that you care about, your mother killed. And then you die in a way that because of how you're watching things, you might not realize what that death was, what it meant, what it represented, what it afforded. Um, Because he basically, if he hadn't sacrificed him, sacrificed himself, Thanos probably would have killed Thor, I, in, at least in my opinion. Um, and I could be wrong, but anyway. Um, but oh, he basically he sees he sees all that stuff, and then Owen Wilson comes in to be like, "Yeah, you can't ever go back. So you just learned all of this information." And there's not a damn thing you can do about it. You can't go back into the sacred timeline, save your mom, save yourself. You can't do any of this. You're stuck here. You can hang out with us or you can be erased from existence, but you can never go back. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's powerful. It's it's the, the biggest gut punch we've given to any character, any any villain. Like, it's even more, like, to me, it's even more so than Thanos having to kill, realizing he has to kill Gamora to be able to accomplish what he's dreamed of doing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all, it's all fantastic. But I, even going, going from that, um, I do have one theory. One. I have one theory right now that, that I'm, that I'm sticking with. And I think at some point in probably the fifth or sixth episode, we're going to find a, we're going to find out that Loki, that at that point where Loki opened the desk drawer and found all those infinity stones, 
that he snagged a couple. Okay. And that at that point, at that point, we officially saw one version of a timeline, but there's a variant that exists that grabbed one, maybe even two of those infinity stones and went out there. And that's, that is the, that like the idea that possibly that's the moment where the variance exists. Like all these variants don't come from him in the real, like him at different times in life, skewing the timeline. All these variants come from, that singular moment in that first episode when he had the chance to grab the space, the time and the reality stones, the three that he could do damage with and he grabbed them. And the second he could get away and get out of that place, he did and started to use them to go traveling, to mess with stuff. And that's, that's where these variants come from is because of these, these infinity stones that are sitting in there, which by the way, I loved how much it pissed people off. Loved it. Like, first of all, as is established, they don't work in the TVA. There's no man. There's no powers in the TVA. So those infinity stones are useless there. And to take them out, they've fixed things. So those are thing those are anomalies. They could either just destroy them, which they might not be able to do, or do what they're doing, just keep them in a desk drawer, which is hilarious. It's hilarious how little they think about how little they think of them. Because like between this and the Eternals, we're getting we're getting into an aspect of uh, comic book lore that exists in Marvel and DC that was always going to be very polarizing, which is the existence of beings so powerful that they have no interest. You know the concept of characters with great power and knowledge as they gain it, losing some interest in the world around them. You know, the Dr. Manhattan thing. These guys, they have all this power. They have all this knowledge. They just want to do their job. They know what's going on. They know what's up. They know the importance of everything. We already established in Endgame with the Ancient One how all this stuff works. So the Sorcerer's to some extent know the TVA's job and are sort of helping them to a certain extent. Um, But you know, you get that or the Eternals where we're going to find out more, but it's like they have, I'm going to call him the moderate, the, the moderator, but I'm probably wrong, but they have him in DC and his entire purpose is to basically just sit there and stare at the timeline and make sure it goes according to his plan. The Marvel and DC both have these characters that exist outside of the interest of what is going on. Um, And I think it also really unlocks something really exciting that I don't think enough people are thinking about. Uh, And I say that knowing, as always, that when I have a a thought that's cool or interesting, it's probably not original. 
probably already been thought of. Um, currently, the MCU is filled with a bunch of characters, with the exception of maybe two characters, Sam and Scott. With the exception of those two, pretty much everyone else in the MCU right now just wants to do their thing and be left alone. We don't have we don't have people that want to be on a team that want to be working together. The Guardians they want to be off doing their own thing. Captain Marvel wants to be focused on her thing. You know, Wakandans want to be doing their thing. Wanda wants to be left alone. Bucky wants left alone. The sorcerers they want to focus on their thing. Everyone wants to focus on their stuff and has no interest in thinking outside of their bubble. Because they know other people exist outside the bubble, so why bother? It's the whole New York effect of, I don't have to call 911 because look at all the people looking. Surely one of them has already called 911. So the next time we have a big team-up movie, it's going to be a big deal because with the exception of maybe Shang-Chi being being different, it's a bunch of characters, like, it's a bunch of characters that are just like, I don't give two shits about teaming up. I don't give two shits about being buddies. I don't need us to all sit around in a circle and debate who's going to be the next one to say Avengers Assemble. You know, so many of them don't care about that. And that excites me because that's a whole new level of dynamic because while the previous crew didn't necessarily always get along, they saw and they valued the concept of working as a team. So, that's, like, they also didn't have their own, like, little, they basically all were about protecting the Earth as a whole. So, they all had that common ground. So, that's something that hasn't been talked about I'm really excited about. Um, I, my only complaint with Loki so far, where the fuck is Richard E. Grant? You can't tell me you've casted him in anything and then go, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> Fuck you. Show me Richard E. Grant. I am hoping to God he is playing Elder Loki. That we get some Richard E. Grant as Loki in the MCU. Because I forget. I lent it to you. Did you ever actually watch Hudson Hawk? Yes. Richard E. Grant in that movie is Loki. That is is a Loki. I'll kill you. I'll kill your family. I'll kill the bitch you went to high school with. Betty Tobiaski, I can get you an address if you like. Seriously, everyone who doesn't like Hudson Hawk, I, I weep for you. And that includes you. That includes you, Alex. It's okay. It's alright. It's enjoyable. <laughs> Both middle fingers, dude. Both middle fingers. It's what you get. But yeah. So anyway, I, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm curious what these this the big events that are gonna be happening in episodes four and five are that are gonna be, you know universe changing for the MCU as a whole. I'm curious what those things are going to be. I imagine that 
my my guess right now is at the end of you know the next episode is going to be all about trying to stop all of these events before any of them go into the red and the episode's probably yeah. going to end with at least one of them going into the red so yeah. i i mean if i was to throw out any big brain conspiracy theories and i i think this is a lofty one um but i think they can say a lot without kind of saying it explicitly Mm -hmm. i think they're going to um in some way shape or form dismantle the tva and there's going to be multiple timelines and i think this is the mcu's way of saying not that everything counts but that everything exists it just doesn't exist on this timeline that you know the mcu timeline that is crafted that people give a shit about it's like if you want to see like toby Maguire's spider-man can just exist on a separate timeline um I think there's going to be elements of, hey, we're going to explain why there's a Sony Marvel, Sony Spider-Man cinematic universe, as well as this one, because you're seeing, you know, different versions of different characters. You're seeing variants. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping it's not that, though. Because it then makes me think, like, oh, so we're going to get a Fantastic Four movie, and before it comes out, they're just going to go, yeah, by the way, guys, just so you know, the Fantastic Four, they don't live in the same universe that we watched in the Infinity Saga, so that's why we've never heard of them, that's why we've never seen them, that's what, because you're basically at that point going, and that's why you'll never see them team up with anyone else, which especially with the Fantastic Four is when they were at their best, is when they teamed up with other people, so it's just like, I don't want them to, to me, that kind of a multiverse thing is a promise of less team-ups, and I don't want that. I don't think that necessarily. I don't. I think they're still going to introduce the Fantastic Four into the MCU proper. I don't think they're things that are under the Marvel umbrella, things that are in the MCU. They're not going to say exist in different realities or different timelines. I'm saying this gives this is a meta like. Um, just acknowledging mm-hmm. that there's other franchises in which the Fantastic Four has existed and X-Men have existed mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, maybe, we'll maybe we don't see anything like that, but... We'll see. I, I do like the theory right now, though, that um, in the morning, episode five will drop of Loki. In the evening, or the next morning the Spider-Man trailer will drop because there's, yeah. there's theories that we're holding out. We're not putting out the trailer cause we couldn't without it spoiling, um, plot points, but I would love just as much as I would love that is that we get episode six, the season ends. And then either later that day or the next morning, we get our first teaser trailer for Dr. Strange. 
Like that. I don't think we're going to see that for a while. But. Probably not, but it would be awesome. It would be awesome. <laughs> but. <sighs> Tom is very tired. <laughs> yeah. I'm pulling a 12 hour shift tomorrow. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm very excited. I'm enjoying the show immensely. I think it's got some great stuff. Um, Owen Wilson with salt and pepper and a mustache is a perfect, is a fantastic combination for him. (laughs) This, this is, this is an Owen Wilson that I can get behind. Whereas Owen Wilson in aging badly comedies or the Cars movies, get him out of here. Make him leave. Get him out of here. But no matter what, though, two episodes in and hashtag wow watch continues. What is that? Hashtag wow watch. Because we all because we all want the Owen Wilson wow. (laughs) We're all we're all waiting for him to look at something and go wow, 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 wow. Wow, that's that's wow. We're waiting for that. That's, you know what? I uh, conspiracy theory. Okay. Here's, here's my here's my theory. Okay. We get to the end. They found a way to dismantle the TVA. Owen Wilson is saying goodbye because without the TVA, he will no longer exist. Loki takes him to a beach. And he finally sees a jet ski out in the water. And he goes, wow, as he disappears. You know, it's, you know, it would be even worse. You know, what, you know, what, you know, what, you know, what they, I could see them doing and I would, it would actually make me kind of want to disown the MCU for this. We get to the final episode. We get to the final moment. We get that they're sitting on a beach watching jet skis. We, and we like are showing their two faces. Owen Wilson opens his mouth in a way that you know he's about to say, wow, cut the credits. <laughs> oh, man. I will, I will now not be able to sleep tonight because I'm going to be worried that that's... I'm going to be like, boy, that actually fucking happens. What if he never says, wow? That's... It's like his purpose in life to say wow. <laughs> now I'm all worried. <laughs> oh, no, don't be worried. They'll, they'll pull it off. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, that's 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 what that is. Um, now th- there has there's been like little bits of news here and there. I think nothing nothing that sticks out too much. Um. Which is why we're just we're gonna real quick just focus on one quick um, bit of news that is out there in the world. Um, Batman goes down. <laughs> yes, I am living yes, in this discourse because this is this is the kind of thing that Twitter exists for. People, this is de- the hell you die on. People debating. The oral sex preferences of a superhero. 
just who could beat up who. Yeah. That's all we had to worry about. We've 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 gone from we've gone from which Avenger do you think could you know, who do you think could win? The Avengers of the Justice League. We've gone from that to who do you think gives the best oral sex? The answer, by the way, might surprise you. I'm not sure, actually. I know it's not Hulk. I thought thought you had an answer for that. No, I know it's not Hulk. I know it's not Superman. I mean, if you want to be graphic, it's Toad from the uh, Brotherhood of Mutants. Yeah, but he's not a a member of the Avengers or the Justice League. (laughs) Plus, villains are inherently selfish, so it's entirely possible that he just... I'm willing to believe that villains don't perform oral sex on on women. I'm willing to believe that because that is an evil thing. That is an evil thing Joker to not reciprocate. No, no, Joker definitely doesn't. Um, but that's yeah. why Harley Quinn's with poison ivy. There you go. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, a woman knows how to treat a woman, man. Yeah. That's, that's simple. Yeah, this is this is gonna take a lot of thought. Yeah, Flash definitely is not on the list. Um, can't take his time. You gotta be able to take your time, and he can't take his time. Also, you you really just don't want Ezra Miller around lady parts. Um, that uh, I mean, maybe that's why Aquaman had a. A little cult of women singing his praises. That might be why. I don't. Cyborg, you're just gonna. Cyborg, you're just gonna electrocute her. That's that. That's not helping anyone. Uh, It really is on Batman. (laughs) Batman and Aquaman. It's between the two of them for the Justice League. Um. I'm not changing anyone's sexual preferences, and to my knowledge, Wonder Woman is straight. If I'm wrong, please correct me, and I'll throw her into the mix, people. But uh, to my knowledge, she's straight. Um, Now, as far as the Avengers, and we'll stick with the original 2012 film, definitely not Hulk. Um, Captain America's too much of a screwed. Captain America's way too much of a screwed. No, Captain America's a gentleman. Absolutely. But no, that's the thing. He's got that, like, gentleman mind. He's got that, like, old-timey gentleman No, mind. no. He, he knows how to treat a woman. I, no, no. I half, think... Half of all for the ages. Okay. Here's, here's how we'll put this. Peggy eventually convinced him to. Once he did, he became, he became an ace at it. But it was not of his own. He had to be, he had to be talked into it. Um... Tony Stark might be okay. I just can't believe that Hawkeye's any good at oral sex. I don't know why, but I don't believe it. I mean, he's got three kids, so he probably is. But um, but for some reason, I just don't buy it. Um, and then, yeah, again, Natasha, to my knowledge, is straight, so she's not in the running. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll throw her into the running, but... Um, but yeah, so I guess we're yeah we're down to 
Iron Man, Hawkeye, Batman, and Aquaman. It is possible. It is possible. I'm going to have to make an incredibly terrible and highly entertaining like bracket contest as we determine the most gifted of super. This, this is a rabbit hole. I'm having so much fun burrowing down into it. It's gone on for a minute now. I like that nobody, well, it's like, I could either be arguing with people, getting into fights, I could be going all Grace Randolph and talking terrible about women and, and saying terrible things about women and, and marginalizing them, or I can be continuing something where the point is, gentlemen, it is smart and good and what a real man does to reciprocate oral sex. I choose, I choose the one where people can, I, I, I choose the, the healing, the growth, the positive. I'm trying to step away from the negative fights. I am keeping us way too long. <laughs> this, this, uh, there's going to be like a disclaimer of, you know, when there's five minutes left, guys, you can just cut out the episode because it basically just goes into Thomas talking about oral sex way too much. Well, we can't end like that. Have you been watching anything else? Uh, I Last night, I recorded with our friend Nick at Trivial Theater for her show. Uh, I don't want to spoil what we watched. I can just say that for both of us, it was one of the hardest films we've ever had to watch. Um... <laughs> And beyond that, yeah, I've just been watching Loki as that aired and pretty much have been at work beyond that. Um, yeah. So that, what about you? Um, I saw A Quiet Place Part 2 in theaters okay. with my sister. All right. That was the um, second or third movie I've seen since finally going back to the movie theater um it was enjoyable it was i'd say as enjoyable as the last one um if not more so the monsters are still effective um i think killian murphy has does a pretty good job uh, throughout the film they do something interesting with two of the characters, with pairing two of the characters specifically, and you, th- I thought it could have been really interesting um, because there should have been a barrier of communication and other things, and there was virtually none. So that was wasted pretty, you know, pretty much instantly. Uh, but other than that, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it's not something I would have seen if there were more things out. Um, but with how little is yet to be released to theaters, you know, it was it was enjoyable for what I've seen so far. Yeah. Um, and then just been watching a ton of E3 coverage since it's the uh, you know gamers' holiday. Yeah. So hey, guess what? Not much to guess what. All that great Bethesda stuff? You ain't getting yeah. it, motherfucker. 
No, I've never really been into Bethesda games, but yeah, that's the that's the great divide between the two of us. Um, well, well, that basically almost their pretty much their entire catalog of games since um, Elder Scrolls Morrowind is now on Game Pass, or I own it. So yeah. you'll just have to come over and play a shit ton of Doom and Wolfenstein and start a Skyrim save and stuff like that, just so yeah. you can see what you're missing out on. Um, I did enjoy Doom Eternal. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. playing a game now that honestly reminds me of Doom Eternal if everything had a cartoon color palette. Ratchet and Clank. And that's Ratchet and Clank ripped apart. <laughs> Holy shit. I started that this evening, and I will be playing that until the wee hours of the morning, because that game is fucking fun. I said that as a joke, and I love the fact that I was right. Oh, you're um, 100% right. It is, it is that keep moving, keep shooting combat, and it is so much fun. And this is the first Ratchet and Clank game that I've put any real time into, and already I'm totally in love with it. There's an awesome dash feature. There's an awesome like portal tether. Uh, There's a lot to enjoy about this game so far. Insomniac's a super talented studio. Oh, very talented. Uh, Yeah, I'm I've I've been thinking that if I I get my daughter back into playing her Sesame Street games for the classic Nintendo and she really Mm -hmm. enjoys doing that and she really enjoys you know, grabbing a controller with no batteries in it and helping me when I play video games, which is when, <laughs> which technically is when I become a bad parent because I've been working through the Gears of War franchise and I don't stop just because she's in the room. Um, I also, I also shoot, I also attack from a di- from a far distance, so it's not like she's seen close it up um, or pay, or paying that close of attention. But they have those Spyro games. They're yeah. remastered, and they seem perfect for her. Um, oh, they're great, dude. It might be a couple of Like, I've played the games, I know the games, but I'm just thinking, like, in a couple of years, if she's still really into video games, those will be games that should be really fun for her to play and be really easy for her to play. So. Yeah. Just start her on uh, the second one, because she can jump into the water and not die. Because the first one, the water is you know, insta death. Even in the remaster? So, <laughs> yes. Why yeah. wouldn't they fix that? But, <laughs> Fuck this. But, dude, my, my son had a ton of fun running around, breathing fire on stuff, killing oh, I'm sheep. Sure. Oh, I'm sure Tarzan yeah. loved it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I've already gotten basically anything that I found interesting that I can already, um, pre-install through Game Pass for day one release. Uh, like, finally, yeah. we're finally getting Psychonauts 2 in August. Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, I just need to stop being stuck in the fucking Milkman conspiracy section in the first game so I can finish my replay of the first one. Um, Juicy right now is frantically texting me about hints to get out of it. I'm just saying that right now. As he yes. listens to this, he's, he's frantically texting me because even though he lives in Jersey, I have his copy of Psychonauts at my house and now it's on Game Pass and I don't even need it. I really need to mail it back to him. I'm a terrible friend. Sorry, Juicy. Um, but I'm <laughs> Uh 
Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so it was that and a couple other ones I've already got pre-installed. So that way when they come out, I can just start diving into them and playing them. I'm excited. So we had some fun stuff. It was, it, I mean, it was kind of underwhelming, but I think it par- partially felt underwhelming due to the fact that, um, one, there was a lot of stuff that I felt like we were supposed to get that we didn't, including a new Fable game. But also, a lot of those game trailers have a lot less weight to them when they don't have an audience there losing their minds about them. Like, not having an audience there made it feel like half of a Sony presentation. <laughs> There's, uh, I mean, there was a lot of things that were entertaining on the, uh, for Xbox conference. Um, I mean, I think it was one of their best ones in, a while, in quite a while because they showed yeah. off a lot of interesting games. Redfall looks fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's again, another, left for dead type but you're fighting uh vampires and it's by arcane studio who did uh prey and looks super interesting um and super fun and it's supposedly an open world rpg which is not the vibe that the trailer gave off but again it was just a cgi trailer so how accurate yeah it's a cinematic trailer yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what will happen. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But hey, guess what? You know what really matters? What? My daughter is potty trained. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> we're we're in the, we're in the underwears even when we go out places now. It's nice. It it's... is a, it is a beautiful world. We we have we. <laughs> We we go to bed in underwear and wait and we don't we haven't had any accidents yet. I'm sure we're gonna have some, but we haven't had any yet. Um, yeah. After she falls asleep, we take the gate off of her door so that way, if she wakes up needing to go to the bathroom, she can get up and go. And she's done that a couple of times. There have been nights yeah. where we got up, went into the bathroom, and found that she had gone in her po- in her potty. So yeah, it's. Okay. Dude, there is there is so much stuff that we've looked at in her room and gone, oh my god, we get to get rid of this stuff. We don't we don't have to have this stuff in our house anymore. We're done with this stuff. And like uh, barring some like weird freak of nature thing happening, we're one and done. So yeah. like we're done done. Which is great, you know. It's you know we can just be like, "Yep, we're not doing this again." Throw it out to the curb. Yeah, dude. I'm. I might. I might burn her diaper genie like it's a like it's Darth Vader at the end of Jedi. It might just get ceremoniously burned because it's all. I mean, it's all broken up. I'm not sure we could actually give it to anyone and it be any use. But also, just because I hate the thing, and I've just I'm just so over that part of having a kid that burning it might just be a nice therapeutic thing. Just being like, 
That's right. Melt, bitch. Melt. But also, I can imagine that it would result in, like, all the smells and stains and stuff that have, like, coursed oh, yeah. it throughout, the, throughout the years. Just suddenly, like... Because, like, I don't know about you, but we at least... I, I feel like it was once every six months at best we would take out the di- we would take the diaper genie out and then forget to tie the bottom so we'd basically just be filling the, the thing up without a bag <laughs> that would happen every now and then we weren't happy about it and we kept telling ourselves we weren't going to do it again but it would happen so but we never we never used one of those we just tossed it right in the trash. Uh, it was it was glorious. It was very helpful. Yeah. It was very, very helpful. We also had it we also have a dog. So we have a curious dog and it, we would have had to buy a bunch of we would have had to buy a bunch of new garbage cans that had lids on them. So better to just have the diaper genie. I think someone might have even gotten it for us. I can't remember. I can't remember who bought what for her at this point. I look at some stuff and I go, well, if I got that for her, I that was a good choice. But yep. unless we've gotten it for her in the last like three months, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. But all right. Guys, um, we're going to go ahead and free you from all this, from this weird, weird episode, weird way this episode is gone. Um, that was an epilogue. You guys should have checked out 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yes. And the only people still listening at this point are close friends or other parents who are enjoying listening to other people be at this point in the road. Um, but Guys, thank you so much for listening. If you guys want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at Movies Work. Uh, you can email us, moviesafterwork at gmail.com. Uh, if you guys want to listen to past episodes, like when we did the first Quiet Place, as a for instance, uh, you can go and listen. You know, you can go wherever you're listening to the show right now, or you can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, and many other different places just make sure that wherever you listen if they give you the option to rate and review please at the bare minimum rate it is very helpful for us if we get the show rated to get it out there to get people knowing about it to get people listening to getting people to you know at least listening to like 10 seconds before they go yeah but whatever we can take uh so with that being said, Alex, do you have anything left for the people at home? Nope. All right. Well, then, guys, for Movies After Work, I am Thomas. I'm Alex. All right. Be kind, be safe, and have a good day at work. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.